BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Fran Spielman, and with me today in the Sun-Times newsroom is Gary Chico, the, what is it, 20th mayoral candidate? I lost track. <laughs> I think we need a scorecard. We do need a list, that's for sure. You're portraying yourself as the guy who's ready on day one. Right. Day one to do what? Well, our agenda is to first solve the violence problem in Chicago. Next, uh, make our school system even stronger and work for everybody. And third, rebuild our communities unlike you've ever seen them rebuilt before. That's our agenda. Uh, so I'm pleased to bring that agenda forward. But what's unique about my candidacy is I've worked in several of the agencies that make this city go, starting in the mayor's office, the Chicago Public Schools, the Chicago Park District, and the city colleges. And in every one of those places, I've achieved results, whether it was balancing budgets and generating surpluses, in fact, at the public schools, achieving probably the highest bond ratings we've had in Chicago in the last 40 years, and even at the city colleges, reinventing the system. I think this is important to bring that kind of relevant experience to underpin this agenda and show people we can make it happen. Now, you've said that the hiring surge that the mayor is winding down to add 970 police officers may just be the beginning. It may not be enough. First of all, how many do we need? How would you pay for it? Well, first of all, we have to take a good hard look at where things stand today. None of us running, other than Mayor Emanuel, understand the real state of affairs. When I ran in 2011, I said that because of attrition and the need to keep our, seat, our streets safe, we needed the appropriate manpower levels. I don't think that was done. I think we wound up ravaging ourselves to move patrol officers from one district to another. We've depleted the detective ranks, and now we're in a bad spot. So we have to take a good hard look at what actually is going to be needed. But now what's changed over the last eight years is that it's not just a quantity issue, it's a quality issue. We need to recruit and train the best people to have the best force in America. We no longer can have police officers walking into a situation where they don't understand mental health issues. We can't have police officers without the proper tools to defuse situations and take people perhaps into custody that need to be taken into custody without lethal force. These are the kinds of things that we have to look at. So we'll, we'll be taking a hard look at that and come out with their appropriate manpower levels. F furthermore, when you look at the fire and training police facilities we have today, they are archaic. They're decades and decades old. There's a proposal for a new facility. Which has gotten very controversial for some well, reason. Well, it's real simple. Land use decisions in Chicago are generally controlled by the community. And if the community doesn't want it, don't force it down their throats. Let's put it somewhere else. But we need the facility. Why? One of my goals is to have the, the most highly trained police force in the United States of America. But we're not going to stop there. 
I'm proposing today the creation of the Mayor's Office on Violence Prevention and Reduction. That is going to be a unique array of people right in the Mayor's Office to work tirelessly day in and day out to bring down the uh, crime statistics that we're seeing grip our neighborhood. And it's not just statistics. People are fearful, parents are fearful of having their children play on the sidewalks and play in the streets. We can't have that. That's not the narrative we're going to have attached to Chicago. Now, what is that? Are you saying bring the police department back into the mayor's office like it was under no, Richard no, no, not bring the No, not bring the police department into the mayor's office, but there are so many groups that work with, uh, work with crime prevention and reduction that they're all over the place. I want to see an effort where we have uh, representatives of the police department, representatives of the Department of Planning and Development, representatives from the parks, representative from the schools, all working together. This is a holistic solution we're looking at. You can't just do one thing and hope you're going to bring down the violence problem. Uh, for example, I want to put an extraordinary emphasis on showing that you can recruit people out of gangs, like the Heartland Alliance is doing with its program called the Ready Initiative. We'll recruit them out of gangs and give them jobs in mowing lawn, lifting boxes, serving meals to senior citizens. I want to take initiatives like the one that I was able to start in the mayor's office with the Safe Haven Group. It wasn't called Safe Haven at that time, it was another group. But the Safe Haven Group was given 25 years ago the contract to handle the landscaping and our boulevards and, and, and medians throughout the city. And they take people who are from prison, who have been homeless, can't get a job, and they teach them the skill of landscape contracting. That's important stuff. We're not doing enough of that right now. Neither of those programs is at the scale that we need to have to actually show people the gang life isn't the way to go. You can get out of that. And let's face it, Fran, the majority of crime we're seeing in our streets is gang related. We have to drive a wedge in there to stop this. Well, but I don't understand what this Office of Violence Reduction would do. Who would be in there? How many people? How would it make a difference? Well, we'll probably have a dozen people who are good representatives from various parts of, of city government and the private sector to work together on these various initiatives, like the two I just outlined, we're going to have to have the government get in the game with, with projects like the Ready Initiatives. Right now, that's entirely funded at a fairly modest level by the private sector. Where's the government on this? We need to put these programs on steroids and make them work to make our neighborhoods and our streets safer. Now, you have a police department that is opposing the consent decree, mm -hmm. that feels the mayor doesn't have their back. And what do you do about that? They are laying back. They are not being as aggressive. They don't feel like they'll have the backing of the mayor. Is there a problem there, and how do you fix it? Oh, I think there's been a breakdown in trust by the community of the police and perhaps even the police department themselves. That's got to be repaired. I'm talking about the officers. I, I am, too. Yeah. Uh, the Chicago police officers do a great job, by and large. There are some that commit bad acts. We read about them. We see them. They have to be dealt with, and justice has to take its course. Uh, I was happy to have in 2011 the endorsement of the Fraternal Order of Police. Why? I work with everybody. I work with people. And I will have the backs of Chicago's police officers because nobody runs into bullets or buildings like they do whenever our citizens are at risk. So I think there's got to be a lot of work done to repair relations between police and community. Let me say this. A lot of people are kind of skeptical about the consent decree. I'm not. I've read that. You take a look at that 270-page document. Uh, it has a number of features in it that are A, common sense, B, been in historical practice for many years like recruitment, training, 
But the first chapter of the consent decree is very interesting. It starts with community policing. I was able to help start community policing in the early 90s, working for then Mayor Daley, and it was a wonderful rollout. We started to see people actually meet in police districts. And what happened to it? It's, it's like it's, it's withered it's on the vine. It's faltered. It's withered on the vine. It's got to be brought back. I didn't write the consent decree. Whoever drafted that in the first chapter calls for the reinstitution and making uniform across the city the power of community policing. We've got to get back on that. And when you couple community policing, like I'm going to host in the mayor's office alongside of these other kinds of initiatives to recruit people from gangs and take them off the wrong path and put them on the right path, you're going to see violence go down. But the police don't feel that the mayor has their back. They've been waiting more than a year for a contract. Uh, I never had a problem negotiating a contract with the police, with the fire department, with the teachers. Uh, I've always been fair and honest. We have to guard the citizens' interests. We can't tax people out of the city. But we can draw a balance and come to reasonable conclusions on negotiations with our teachers, which is coming up, and our police and our fire departments. I'm confident. I've done it before. Do you agree that there needs to be changes to make discipline uh, quicker and more? That's, that, that's already taking place. That's rolling out as we speak. I mean, the transparency that was asked for and is now being brought to police disciplinary proceedings is, is, is going to happen. There's, there's no coming back from that. And you know what? It should be. In order for the people to have confidence in their police department, they have to know that th these proceedings are square and honest. One of the reasons you got the police and fire unions was because you offered to lift the residency rule. Are you still committed to that and why? Well, that's not the only reason. There was a lot, lot more than that. But are um, you still, is that still your position? You know, I, I took the position in 2011 that I would be open to the issue if the parties brought it during the negotiation. And they always do. I did it. Well, I didn't make a commitment on that. I said I would be open to discussing it. I want to make sure many of our communities, let's face it, uh, have heavy residents who are police and fire members. I don't want to upset the city balance necessarily overnight. But I am open to talking about, in, in, a, in a negotiation, you cannot draw the line and say, I won't talk about this, I won't talk about that. You have to be open-minded and hear the entirety of their argument, and then you come to a decision. Well, with the exodus from Chicago, is it time to, to consider that, or maybe it's, you better not? I think they're unrelated issues, to be honest about it. I mean, the reason people are, are, are leaving Chicago is because of the violence problem. You hear it over and over and over. The other reason that people leave is they're not happy at the juncture of high school. We have people who want to go to a conveniently to a top quality school and they feel they have to play the selective enrollment lottery. I don't want that to happen. If I'm mayor, what I'm going to do is work on a way to make it easier and give peace of mind to parents who have those fifth, sixth, seventh graders about to go to high school and make it an easier uh, choice for them to get into a high quality school. How? Oh, we have a number. That's why we have campaigns. Well, we have a number of right ideas. Now, right here. Well, right now, right here, we're going to lay out the concept. First, but nobody's talked about that. I'm the first person okay, to identify let's, let's that as an issue. Let's hear what your ideas issue. are to, well, to make we, it we started the Selective Enrollment High School program. You know, maybe we need to look at more of that. We started a number of options within public education, be they the International Baccalaureate program, which is getting rave reviews. We took it from one site and put it into nearly 40 sites. We uh, expanded greatly the advanced placement offerings in our schools, and we also created charter schools and military academies. Parents want choice. And right now you're seeing in Chicago, parents are as mobile and students are as mobile as they've ever been to go find top quality options. 
we have to make it a little bit easier for them. So we're going to look at How that. How do you make it easier? Well, we may expand the, we may expand the menu. We'll see. To, to include what? Well, some of those things I've just described are very, very excellent performers. And if we can give people some more of that, we might just take the anguish out of that parent's mind about where do I go to high school in Chicago. Well, and yet you have high schools that are like not only half empty, a third filled or thereabouts. You have to close high schools.